people in the world, welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. I'm Kate Reagan. And we're super excited to be back again for episode 11 of our Flash Fiction Science Fiction. Say fiction one more time. Fiction. <laughs> well, it's actually a podcast. And yes, I did say fiction quite a bit just then. And might have been a little bit too enthusiastic about talking to you across the not airwaves, Wi-Fi waves, Wi-Fi Inter- waves. Internet waves. The web waves. The web waves. <laughs> talking to you over the web waves. Thank you for joining us on this fantastic Sunday and or any day. We have one short piece for you today. Uh, this is a piece by Jim O'Loughlin, and I... I think it's a really enjoyable piece i think uh people can find themselves in the character written so i i hope everyone enjoys it anyway moving along kate's gonna introduce jim and then i'll do the story and we'll meet you afterwards if you choose to stay around jim o'loughlin is the author of the flash fiction collection dean 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 12 winters press and host to the long-running Final Thursday Reading Series in Cedar Falls, Iowa. On his 20-plus candidates blog, candidates.home.blog, he has pledged to see all presidential candidates visiting Iowa. Driving School by Jim O'Loughlin I'm not one of those anti-technology zealots. I binge-watch TV, my health info gets updated every minute on my wristwatch, And my left eye, the one with the lousy vision, has a computerized contact lens, so I can wink and get the latest stock market report, or whatever. So, it's not about the technology, okay? I just don't like self-driving cars, and I don't care that they're all anyone uses anymore. Sure, I get the appeal. They're safer, they're easier, you can still play Candy Crush while driving. But I'm just not comfortable in a car without a steering wheel. To be honest, back in the day, I didn't even like being a passenger in a conventional car. I was one of those passengers who slammed his foot into the floor whenever the driver had to brake quickly. I just need to be in control of my destiny. And in self-driving cars, I feel like I'm trapped. Also, it creeps me out the way that all the new cars communicate with each other, so that a whole group of them can flow along a busy highway like a school of fish, darting and dashing between lanes as a group. Every time I'm in a self-driving car and it switches lanes in traffic, I brace for a crash. Of course, the crash never comes because the automotive hive mind just adjusts and absorbs my car into the swim of the school. Still, it bothers me. I have my old car, the one I used to drive myself, stored out in the backyard. I keep it around, partly out of nostalgia and partly in case of zombie apocalypse. I will start it up every month or so just to make sure it runs, and one of those times when I was sitting behind the steering wheel, remembering how much fun it used to be to actually drive, I decided, what the hell, why not just take the old car out for a spin? It's not exactly illegal to drive cars yourself anymore, but it's not recommended either. Since 125 miles per hour is the going speed for the self-driving cars on the interstate, I figure I would just tool around on some country roads where the only automated machine I would have to worry about crossing was a combine. That's how it started, at least. And I've got to tell you, driving felt just like I remembered it. 
one hand on the steering wheel, the other arm resting against the window. I got to choose how fast or how slow to go, and I had a world of roads to explore. The sun was shining through the trees, and everything was green and warm. But then I got lost. I forgot that when I used to drive, I also had a GPS system, so I would know where to go. But who needed GPS in a world with self-driving cars? Well, apparently I did. Because by the time I realized I was lost, I was surrounded on all sides by soybean fields without even a farmhouse in sight. I didn't panic. After all, this was the car I kept in case of zombie apocalypse. So I had plenty of canned food and a sledgehammer. But I still needed to find a way back. Then, in the distance, there was a break in the soy fields, where I saw the interstate cutting through. All I needed to do was get on the highway and head in the direction of home. Of course, this meant I would have to drive as fast as the automated cars. I probably should have mentioned earlier that the car I was driving was a Kia, which might not mean anything nowadays, but it really wasn't the kind of car designed to go 125. Still, I had to get home. So when I approached the on-ramp, I floored the gas pedal and the engine started whining. I was doing 85 when I turned onto the on-ramp which surprisingly felt plenty fast, but I was crawling compared to the rest of the cars on the highway. And when their sensors picked me up, the other cars began weaving and slowing to avoid hitting me as I merged. The gas pedal was floored, but I couldn't quite get to a hundred. And by the sounds the engine was making, I wasn't sure I wanted to. Cars darted left and right, merging, then verging around me. I hunkered down in the granny lane and tried to ignore all the traffic zooming up on my tail and somehow slowing just before crashing into me. As I approached town, the traffic increased, but the speed stayed the same. I was driving so fast that my Kia was shaking, and cars now began passing me on all sides. Then, and I don't know how it happened or why, it was as if all the cars realized at the same time that I was in trouble. They surrounded me, and I could feel myself getting caught in the draft of the cars in front of me. I eased off the gas, and my car fell into the flow of the school. A dozen cars strong, we swiftly sped up. I was worried at first about hitting the cars that were inches away from me on all sides. But when I steered slightly, the other cars all adjusted. The rattling of my car lessened, and the engine stopped wheezing. We glided down the road, like a school of fish heading downstream. When we approached my exit, and I signaled for a turn... The cars on my right parted, and I eased onto the off-ramp. Soon, I was alone again on the road nearing my house. I was still gripping the steering wheel like my life was at risk, and maybe it had been. But as I slowed and approached my home, I suspected that maybe there had been nothing to worry about the whole time. I was driving school. I, I like the little play on words, driving school, and yet it's a school of fish or a school of cars, all in a hive mind. I thought it was very clever. I did not realize that until right now. But this story has a soft place in my heart, for I too owned a Kia. It was a Kia Rio. This was in my school days. You could choose when you were getting on the highway. AC or acceleration. You could not do both. <laughs> it did not end well. That car was good. 
but it 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 did not have the power that other vehicles do have like it did struggle <laughs> at times so i i related to this story on a deeper level than most but that being said um i think this was fun this was relevant i mean cars are driving themselves right now which is crazy and kind of spooky to think about a little bit. They do say that if we all had self-driving cars, there would be no traffic because they would all know exactly when to stop, start, accelerate, decelerate. You know, a lot of traffic is just because people are impatient. I don't know if I agree with that, though, just because I feel like it would be very easy to hack into one of those kind of cars. And if you do something, you give it a bug, give it a virus. The next thing you know, the car is going too slow or too fast. And then you've got accidents and boom, traffic. Well, yes, that is the darker way of thinking of things, but sure, yes, I'm sure our cars, computers could definitely have viruses. I mean, everything, I mean, you know, it seems like everything has a computer, and I think my washing machine has a computer chip in it. Like, it tells me how much water to put in it. And I've heard of some that connect to your phone and give you, like, a text. It's like, oh, laundry's done. That's, that's weird. Look how far we've come as a a society. I mean, it's genius from a marketing standpoint. They've literally figured out how to get a microphone into everybody's home to listen to them. So that when they talk about what they want to buy next, then they get a relevant ad. It's just, it's ingenious. Diabolical. Conspiracy theories. But that's not really science fiction, or is it? But yes, it is, it is amazing how technology has come so far. Which just comes back to the cyclical nature of things like fashion true everything old is new again yeah people are dying for vinyl and cassettes cassettes oh my word we're in love with the 80s <laughs> gotta get me an eight track <laughs> and a walkman and well if you think about it re- remember in back to the future in. 2 that rather than having like the 50s bar from the first movie then they had a bar called the 80s and it was in 2015 if you think about that, and now society, like, we're so obsessed with everything 80s. I think it's crazy that Back to the Future is now in the past, and that Blade Runner is coming up to also being in the past. But yet you had, I mean, I, okay, that was my favorite part of the Blade Runner sequel, is that in the first one there's a Pan Am ad and an Atari ad. <laughs> and this movie takes place in the future, right? But at the time they made the movie, those two things were huge. So right. Of course, their ads were in it. And so then in the sequel to it, they still had a Pan Am ad and Atari ad. It's very brief, but it was just, it was perfect. Because, like, in the Blade Runner universe, Pan Am and Atari did not fold. There was no E.T. the extraterrestrial, and there was no tragedy for Pan Am. I don't, you know, they, I guess they just ran out of money. I don't know. So, yeah. Driving school, self-driving cars, and Pan Am. (laughs) Have a great Day slash night slash evening slash weekend slash weekday. Say slash one more time. Slash <laughs> or backslash. Oh. Double forward slash. Whoa. Dot HTTPS. Okay, okay. Com. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down, Space Cowboy. Well, it was a segue into our website. If you haven't done so already, check out ripplesinspace.com. Lots of great original fiction up there. We are currently reading the stories for our spring 2019 submission period. Uh, So thank you to everyone who submitted a piece. We're reading through those and so excited to see what other stories we have. And hopefully we'll be having uh, more news about posting those in the next week or two. As always, you can check us out at 
Ripples in Space on Facebook and Ripples in Space on Twitter and Ripples in Space on Instagram. Our Instagram kind of only right now posts when our podcasts go up, so I guess we should change that up a little bit. But the Twitter and the Facebook are pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to think so. The Twitter is probably the most active. <laughs> so definitely follow us on Twitter. Um, if you have the option, uh, give us a review. Give us a rating uh, if whatever you're listening to us on allows you to do so. I don't think Spotify has ratings. Not yet, I don't think. <clears throat> and you can always reach out to us. Uh, I believe there's a contact email on our website. So if you have any you know, feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Or you would just like to say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. If you write flash fiction or fiction... And it's science fiction. You should send it to us because we'd love to read it. Uh, we will have we will, we will open up a new submission period after we publish the spring ones. And as always, we appreciate your support and look forward to the future. So from all of us here, cheers from the void. Bye, everyone. <laughs>